Welcome to Hey, Don't Touch That, aka Chigga's Paradise. I'm your host. <laughs> I'm your host, Ryan. I'm joined, as always, with my co host, Jordan. Jordan, how's it going? I'm okay. I feel kind of disheveled lately. This last week, I've been like, well, I've been going to work and back, but I'm pretty much locked in my house. We're waiting for the baby to come. So I no. feel, I feel it's like, any moment <laughs> like every time she moves and she's like oh i'm like oh you're going into labor she's like no my vagina yeah. just feels like it's falling out but i'm not going into labor i'm like oh fair enough yeah you'll know uh we might as well just introduce our our, uh, our guest right now he doesn't get it doesn't get an actual intro unless you gave him an intro nope no nope. he's All had right. an intro already we're joined by our good friend and now three-time guest of this podcast and our fellow co-commissioner, we just call him a fellow commissioner now, James. Pe- uh, James, <laughs> is this your third or fourth? Uh, it's at least four. At least um, four. If anyone could see, no one could see James, but he looks like the one, a guy out of an Archie comic. <laughs> <laughs> James is uh, the one percent of the one percent right now. That's that's what he looks yeah. like. If you ever like wondered what a uh, old uh, rich white person looks like, <laughs> he looks exactly like James. Exactly right. like James. <laughs> he's wearing he's what seems to be like a boating jacket <laughs> and like a yacht club hat. No, no, he's wearing a Lululemon sweater. Oh, okay. Yeah. Excuse me. <laughs> I recognize that. An old one. Look at look at this thing. This thing is like. Oh, geez. Look at that. Cutting corners where he shouldn't be cutting corners, but I digress. Yeah. Oh, James, how's it going? Good. Yeah. Good. Thank, thanks for joining us again. Uh, this episode of the podcast is. This is going to go off the rails. I, I think I, I don't think we have a. I much, couldn't much keep structure. turning. I couldn't keep turning you guys down. We couldn't keep doing podcasts on our own. So the reason why we have James on so much is because he's our he's our co- backup co-host. So if one of yeah. us goes down, and like I might go down during this podcast if my wife all of a sudden tells me she's going to labor, <laughs> and you guys are on your own, then I'll and just jump right in, and then I'm the co-host. Exactly. Yeah. Oh well. So hey, I I'd love to just okay. So let's just cut to the first segment, and then we'll just do some more talking because I feel like we have a lot to discuss uh let's do our beer review all right who wants to go first uh i'll go I, first okay I'll you go first. first okay i have from uh <laughs> i don't know nobody jumped in from stanley park brewing the trail hopper ipa this is an aptly named thing this is uh this is my new favorite beer because i am now a trail hopper i'm an extreme mountain biker now yeah. This is a beer for mountain bike. This beer proves it. Uh, shit, it is a oh to fuck. I had a four percent lined up. Uh, this is the six point eight percent. Oh, shit. Uh, IPA. Uh, I I forgot to mention I was on a uh, chat. Um, one from my high school. It's oh, my friends are on it, obviously. <laughs> That's why I'm on a chat. Uh, one of the guys is just like, they were talking about, um, fuck, it's this, it's this fizzy gin drink. He calls them uh, Tempos. Anyways, they were talking about it. And the guy, one of the guys on there, he's not my friend. He's uh, my cousin, my friend's cousin. I, I want to say he's not my friend. Uh, but he was like, yeah, nothing beats a nice cold IPA. 
And then I said, wow, your, uh, your beard choices are very similar to your political choices. It was a stretch because he, he voted for the UCP and I wanted to I talk shit about him whenever I can. Um, but then I realized that I also drink IPAs and I did not vote. For is it, you said this is your cousin? This is my friend's cousin, not my friend. It's his cousin. <laughs> okay, you can associate with him. It's fine. I'm not... <laughs> I, no, 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 no. If he's listening to this, I do not associate with him. I do not condone his uh, political beliefs. <laughs> I digress. No, I talk. I was talking some mad shit. I was, and uh, I think I, inst- I, I treaded backwards on this, but I did insinuate that he was homophobic. Anyway, um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> this podcast is getting more and more partisan every time I join it. <laughs> Mainly because Brian's like fully on one side. <laughs> Brian's really going off the deep end here. Anyway. Sorry, I, I'm just, you know what? Let's not talk politics. Um, yeah, I'll let you know how this is going to go. Uh, okay. okay. Uh, James, you go for New York next. Uh, this is, uh, uh, you've seen it before. Maybe this could be the third time in a row. <laughs> is it the NEPA? <laughs> second time. It's my, it's my, I go on from NEPA. <laughs> And I'm actually interested to know if I rank it the same this time as I did last time. We'll have to go back and fast. All I have in my fridge. It's the only beer I have in my fridge right now because I ordered a flat a couple weeks ago. So, James, if you're curious, anytime I uh, word association with James Patrick now, before it was pedophile, now it's a (laughs) NEPA. Now it's NEPA. (laughs) Shit, I'm on fire. Okay, okay. Oh, 6%. 6%. All right. Getting fucked up tonight, boys. Well, at least two of you guys are. Uh, I'm going back to the Alley Cat Brewery. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I'm hitting up the Main Squeeze, the Grapefruit Ale. Oh, this one's good. I like it. Uh, well, we'll see. It's kind of more my wife's kind of beer, but <laughs> I'll, I'll try it out. Uh, it's 5%. Uh, a refreshing wheat beer infused with the ruby red grapefruit. Nice. Sounds delicious. Well, it, it is Cheers, gentlemen. Um, hey, sorry, listeners. My apologies. We weren't here last week. Total scheduling error. Um, again, we have jobs, and we just didn't feel like podcasting that night. We couldn't get. We forgot. We're not monetized, so it doesn't really. Matter. We missed something that we don't really care. Unless people say they'll I stop I listening. I couldn't fill in. Yeah, and James yeah. just couldn't fill in. Couldn't fill in. Um, hey, before we go, I actually do have to share something. I do have to share the uh, mountain biking experience because, um, yeah, my my family has told me they like you should share it. <laughs> so anyway, nobody's asking, but uh, I got my. I don't remember how many I've lost count, but I got a concussion again last week, and I was like, I was pretty adamant. I'm like, there's no way I actually got a concussion. Anyway. I'm sure you said that before. <laughs> no, what happened? <laughs> Why, really? <laughs> anyway, so we were, uh, I bought a mountain bike on the, like, a couple weekends, a couple weeks back. It was a second-hand one, possibly third-hand, I don't know, but um, got a decent deal on it. And because I wanted to do some mountain biking, because uh, Penticton has a ton of trails here. It's apparently very, very renowned for its mountain biking. It's also like another thing my brother-in-law and I can do together because we don't have like a ton in common aside from he listens to Joe Rogan and we do kettlebells together every once in a while. So 
so we were going and uh i didn't have any of the safety gear you needed i didn't have like knee pads i didn't have gloves and i had my road biking helmet and i was gonna wear like gardening gloves because just to protect my hands and i didn't because i saw that when my brother-in-law came he didn't have any gloves anyway <laughs> the peer pressure I, yeah, no I was bitch. just like, I know, yeah, bitch. <laughs> so I was like, okay, this this can't be that bad. Like, I just didn't think um, mountain biking was that crazy. I thought it was sort of, but it was like, whatever. So we went for like a practice trail run. We, so there's a trail that's close by. It's called the uh, KVR Trail, the Kettle Valley Rail Trail. And it's like an easy bike ride. Um, so Craig took us to this, like him and his uh, fiance went. And he took us to this, this kind of like a practice track they have. It's a gravel pit is what he called it. And that Wu-Tang song uh, stuck in my head when every time he said gravel pit. And it just had like this, um, it had a bunch of things you could ride around. It was a good practice run, he said. And he's like, yeah, and depending on how you do, we'll, we'll, go, to a, we'll go to a real trail after. A single track. I'm like, all right. Um, and I, I did very well on that trail. Good enough to graduate to the single track. Uh, the bike pedal fell off. So I had to, uh, yeah, we had to switch bikes. I couldn't uh, bike. Craig biked with one pedal back to the house. He did it quite quickly. Anyway, so we went on the track and, uh, or on the actual mountain bike trail and I was doing okay. And until I fell the first time and it was, uh, I was following Craig and he took a jump and then I thought I had to follow him. So I took the jump too. And I was surprised. I almost landed the jump and then, then I flew over the handlebars. That was my first uh, fall. He was surprised that I took the 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 jump. And then the second time, the second time we were on the legitimate single track, and I got really nervous because the the track was very narrow. And then I ended up falling off the track, and that was the time I hit my head on a rock. So that was the second time, and then the third time was uh, we were we climbed up a hill, and then we we're supposed to go down the hill. And I got really nervous because I was going very fast. And then I didn't know that I needed to brake more because I was scared that if you broke, if you braked too uh, quickly and suddenly you'd flip over. So I didn't brake at all. And I got really <laughs> nervous and then I fell and I like, I don't know. I smacked my head on another rock. Jesus and, I, and then I picked myself up, right? I'm okay. I feel like the winds got knocked out of me and I broke my helmet. Like the, the, the helmet, helmet broke. broke. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. So I guess the story, the moral of the story is when you, when I, and it's not like I haven't seen people mountain bike before. Like I, we were at, uh, at Revelstoke two summers ago and that was one of the things you could do. I would see these motherfuckers wear like chest protectors and they wear like these big helmets. My brother-in-law has like this helmet with like a thing on the front. And I just thought it was overkill. I was just like, no, man, I've seen people decked out in gear just because it's excessive and they don't actually need it. It's like that time I went to my first karate tournament. Uh, we have a black, there was a black belt in karate there who will remain unnamed, but he recently received his black belt before Jordan did. We didn't think he should have, but anyway, um, he like hit at that tournament, that guy was decked out decked out but i was just like that's legitimately excessive so when i saw people in the safety gear at revelstoke i thought the same thing i thought that was excessive you guys are just peacocking like uh 
the black belt in that karate tournament. Is it like yeah. arter- is it like artery guards for rollerblading? No. Have you seen the artery guards? It's like a big metal oh, or a big yeah, yeah, plastic yeah. thing on your yeah. wrist. You're like I don't need those, but then you go down, and you're like, oh, thank God for these puppies. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, yeah, you need you need at minimum you need knee pads and you need gloves, and you don't don't use your road biking helmet for uh for your helmet on mountain biking. Anyways. That was uh that was my mountain biking experience that nobody asked. You were about, using I, a road. You were using a road biking helmet. Yeah. Isn't are you supposed to wear like a motorcycle helmet basically? Yeah, I thought my well, there's my mountain, uh, there's mountain biking helmets. Yeah, my brother-in-law had one of those. Uh, like his looks like a dirt biking helmet. Yeah. I was just like back of my head. I was just like you put. I mean, uh, you wimp. Uh, but that's just excessive. And it's just like, no, it's not excessive. All the safety gear mountain biking, it's just like, you can never have enough, man. You would mountain think. biking is, is something that I have. There's a few things that people feel like they need to try in their life. Mountain biking is one of those things where people, so a lot of people are like, oh, you just try it once. I have absolutely no desire to try mountain biking. I just look so dangerous to me. And I've seen people with injuries. Christina says mountain biking injuries come into the hospital all the time. Ugh. And uh, the other is skydiving. For, I just have no interest in skydiving. That I have no interest in either. It's legit. Okay, so that I think thing, I would try skydiving. Really? I would try it. I think I so. I'd be fucking scared shitless. But I could be pressured into it for some like for like a TV show or something. Definitely. If I was on the Amazing Race or something, I would. I would obviously wouldn't. I wouldn't not do it. <laughs> what if I? What if I was like, hey James, we're going for my birthday. You gotta come. <laughs> you're saying you wouldn't come what if i told you daryl's going <laughs> is there like an is there are you doing something after yeah oh yeah we're going to strip we're going to the strip club after <laughs> <laughs> i might just join you for the after party you're not allowed to go but the strip club's right beside the skydiving place and we're like an hour oh, i might watch you guys i might even, <laughs> I might even do the, like the safety thing that was the other thing is the friends that i have that went skydiving said it took like so long for them to be able to actually i go did home. hear that yeah it's such a long day and then even for a tandem anyway uh it just wasn't worth it mm. um but other people think it's the greatest thing they've ever experienced and they do hundreds of dives after that so um, well, I just don't even need to try it. Yeah, I'd probably try it maybe once, just uh, just to see what the hype's all about. But mm-hmm. I've done yeah, bungee yeah. jumping one time and like did it the one time. I was like, sweet. I don't think I'd ever go again though. Where did you go bungee jumping? In Whistler. Oh shit! Really? Whistler bungee. Yeah, when uh, me and my current wife now we were dating, probably dating for about a year. We went out there and well, yeah, let's go bungee jumping. <laughs> You said that like you've been married more than once. Just going to say my Did I say my first wife? No, you said me and my current wife. Me and my current wife. Or maybe I'm planning to be married again. I don't know. Two kids, man. I haven't been remarried. Dude, I'm happy. I'm happily married at the moment. Like, you, that definitely puts a strain on your marriage. I'll tell you that. Okay, well, maybe I won't be married too long. Who knows? It's like, yeah. Oh, God. All right, that was my uh, mountain biking story that nobody asked about, but I th- felt like I felt compelled to Oh shit! Okay. Uh, oh, hey, last episode we uh, sorry, Jay, Jordan. And I wanted to talk about this, so we get got some feedback about our last episode, Jordan. Okay. Yeah, you better say it. I didn't. It's all from your side. We got the feedback. Yeah, my uh, 
my I sh- my friend Fahim, who was a guest on this podcast, he was just like, yeah, you guys uh, had a poor result in your uh, snake draft. And then he shared it with our high school <laughs> chat, our friends chat, our Millwood's chat. And yeah, apparently I had a better team than you did. Uh, people couldn't believe you picked Red Heart number one. Okay. Okay, that's what we'll talk about this right now. <laughs> I actually, I looked at a list. I wouldn't have picked Bret Hart number one if like you asked me off, off, off the cuff. I wouldn't say it. I wouldn't say number one. So um, you're saying if you had time to, to consider things, you would take Bret Hart number yeah, one. Yeah, so exactly. So I looked at a list. I looked at uh, a list of top 100 wrestlers. And at the top of the list was a tie between Ric Flair and Bret Hart, who I was in. I took one, two, I think, in my draft. Or one, one and three. I can't remember. Uh and the reason they like they have a criteria of different uh different yeah just say they have different criteria and they give a point value and that's how they basically determine it right so rick flair and bret hart ended up with the most points mm. so i'm just gonna read you the top five on that list okay it was rick flair and bret hart tied at one sean michaels is two austin three randy savage four and uh, hulk hogan at number five so by that list you actually won because you had all those guys except for uh, Steve Austin. I didn't have Steve Austin or Hulk Hogan. I did take Shawn Michaels. Oh, I thought you took Hulk Hogan. No, you did. Oh, I took Hulk Hogan. Yeah. <laughs> Hashtag yeah. CTE. And then like later in the draft, as we got later, I just picked guys I like, liked. And... I only made it to about halfway through. I haven't listened to the rest yet. But it was I was being, I was actually quite entertained by it to the point that like wrestling was in my head. And so when I saw on A&E this weekend is like back to back to back to back yeah it was austin austin right and booker t were this i was watching the austin one this afternoon um but by that like that was that that's where the timeline was where that's where maybe there's a weakness in choosing bret hart Mm -hmm. because they needed him to exit right like yeah yeah so the, the the big drawback to bret hart was he like they basically told him hey we need you to carry the company and he did. He just he didn't. The company did not do very well as him yeah. as champ, right? Yeah. So that'd be a big uh, for guys like Austin and The Rock. Like they basically carried him through that whole Monday Night Wars thing. So, but the, Austin started a whole new like style for that show, right? Like he he came up with that Austin awesome yeah. scene on the spot. Yeah. And, like, turned the franchise into a totally different direction. Yeah, that's right. like they told him, it was like, hey, you can't just wear black trunks and go out there. And he's like, well, like, fuck, I can, right? Yeah. And then he, the whole, uh, they say the whole thing about him beating up Vince McMahon, that whole feud. It's like the average Joe's dream to go head to head with their boss, like on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. And I think it resonated with everyone. He was like an anti, he was like the first, like, yeah. I'm sure there was before him. I can't think of him off the top of my head, but like the first real anti-hero or like, this guy, like, he doesn't act like your normal baby face, but everyone, like, loves him. Yeah. And The Rock kind of did the same thing. He followed suit, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and as for our generation, yeah, like, I, I, I'm curious, Brian, did they say who should have gone number one? Oh, yeah. They said The Rock and Austin. See, Although, I, that's why my... I disagree, because, like, The Rock, like, yeah, he was, like, huge, but longevity-wise, he wasn't there for yeah, fucking anything, right? Well, that might have been the... Uh... Maybe that would have been the validation. If you want to say uh, Rock or Austin, if you want to say Rock or Austin, then uh, a very unpopular opinion would be how come you can't say John Cena in that same one? Right? Hey, I had John Cena at 10. You had him at 10, right? (laughs) Anyway, one guy no one even took was Ultimate Warrior, which maybe he shouldn't even be in there, but. 
and Fahim said, uh, you guys didn't take Goldberg. He was 114 and 0 or something. I like did that. take Goldberg, didn't I? No, I don't think so. I thought I took him at the very end because he had the longest streak. <laughs> no, you took you took uh, Brock Lesnar. Oh yeah, I took Brock Lesnar over Goldberg. Yeah. I said honorable mention though. I did mention Goldberg, I thought. That's true. I can't remember. Anyway. If Fahim listened, then he would know. I was ha- I was just happy somebody listened to that. <laughs> yeah, so, you know it's a plus if we're getting some sort of feedback. I was listening and I was entertained. I, and I'll listen to the rest. I just I, I listen to it in small spurts as I make. James, it. what are are you more of an expert at that we can do a draft with you at some point? <laughs> uh, if if you give me heads up, I will. Uh, I will pretend I'm an expert in anything. Okay. We'll get you and we'll find another person to go up against. We'll have a four. No, no. I, I, I just need here. I, I just need some heads up. Here's the next, here's the episode idea. Instead of doing a, so we talked about, we're talking about doing a NHL playoff preview. Mm-hmm. Instead of an NHL playoff preview, you could do the preview as a fantasy draft. For like who do you, oh, yeah, the who teams. Would you pick? Like no, 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 no. You pick players. the players. You would pick the players. Think about it. You would, only pick, you would only pick the players that you think are going to go far in the in the finals, are you not? Why don't the four of us, uh, the three of us plus Fahim, who's a great yeah. guy, really, I'm very entertained by his uh, <laughs> But um, why don't we do an actual draft for play? Well, yeah, we well, can do that. Yeah, well, we can talk about that for another... Uh, Let's do, I don't know if that's a podcast because it might... That's this. Yeah, is, no, it's definitely. If a this is a podcast. That's definitely a podcast. <laughs> the other thing, the other thing we should do. It is a podcast, but to do the draft, I don't know if that plays well. The other thing we should do is we should so en- just don't release it. We should enter one of those uh, pools, like you know, where you just pick from the brackets. We'll collectively yeah. enter one. We'll each put ten mm-hmm. bucks of our own money. Yeah. We'll enter it with the team we collectively pick and see how it does. Uh, okay. All right. Cool. We can well, figure out the details later. Thanks. Thank you for listening to our uh, us planner. This is just a brainstorm <laughs> session. Okay, so let's get to uh, let's get to our next segment. What's our next segment? I'm pretty sure it's the news segment. All right, so about that, about last week. Jesus Christ, <laughs> about that, yeah. <laughs> okay, uh, okay. So well, pretty first, eventful week. Pretty eventful week, I must say. Yeah, we'll start off with, uh, uh, I guess, somewhat political. We'll get away from this after, but. Uh, the cafe owners arrested at what is it, the Whistle Stop Cafe, uh, dozens ticketed, ticketed leaving anti-restriction protest in Alberta. Uh, I know one and or two of you feel pretty strongly about, not about this, uh, about what they were doing. Well, about what they were doing, not okay. in a good way. Like you're the op- you're in opposition to what they're doing. I okay, I'll let James. Oh, you guys comment anyway. That may have been a bad way to word it. It's a bad way to word it. It's fine. You, James, you comment. I don't like, yeah, you comment. You want me to go first? I think you should. Actually, go you know first. what? I'll go first because you guys will probably have a way, probably a bit different than me. And I think you guys are similar, correct? We'll, we'll find go. out. We'll find out. Okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, just my views on it. I actually have no, uh, no problem with them. Uh, I, we'll call it a protest. I like pretty much with their protest. The lack of a better word. Yeah. Yeah. I have no problem with their being protests. Uh, but what they're protesting is uh, the restrictions. And then I believe there was lots of stuff being like, well, you're basically restrictions, anti-vax. You're basically lumping them together by with the way they're holding their rally. 
Uh, and I agree with that because no one at this rally is wearing masks. No one, they're not respecting any of like the current um, restrictions we have in place, right? Uh, Allegedly, they, they were. If you yeah, well, watched one of the... the videos, it doesn't really look like it. Uh, <laughs> so I feel if they did it, they were masked up. They were kind of spaced out and they were protesting the small business closure. Uh, I feel that that would be okay. But uh, the way they did it, just like, what's the point? Like you're protesting something uh, that nothing's going to change a <laughs> regardless of what you guys do and B you're just making our situation worse to keep your businesses closed longer. Yeah. So that's just my point of view. And I'm not very like, and like, really, I look at them like, fuck, do whatever you want. I don't care. <laughs> like, just, <laughs> It's not going to help anything is my point of view. Right. Yeah. But, uh, I, if I were to deep dive deeper into it at all, those would be my comments on it. But now you guys can go. Cause I don't okay. have much to say. No, no, I, and honestly, I don't think I have a ton to add to that either. I have uh, actually two, two people, two friends of mine actually attended the, the protest. And when I saw one of them post, actually, they both ended up posting on social media. Um, it, it was like, okay, one hand, I, the thing I understand is just if I'm really, really, really frustrated which these two were obviously like we we know are uh, we know individuals that are frustrated with this. Like I can sympathize with that. The amount of things that you're asking businesses to close on relatively short notice, uh, the regulations seem kind of confusing at times. And on top of that, it's just like for a lot of these guys, this is really one of it. It is the only way they choose to um, make a living from it my i think it's it's sort of i don't think it's pointless to protest i think it's pointless i don't think it's pointless to protest but i think when you're protesting and it's like a legitimately like a dangerous thing it's it's and it's not like you're protesting against something that i've just made up it's not like it's a business that's coming down on you telling and destroying your environment or whatever you know your physical environment i just think like as i'd be smarter if I was a small business, I would do things. The thing I've been always like, you guys have you probably think I'm a moron and just sick of hearing me talk about this, but people should just fucking vaccinate. Why aren't you promoting vaccinations? Why aren't you encouraging your clientele to go get their vaccinations? Why aren't you promote like help telling people to do things that will actually make a difference, not doing dumb thing or not doing things um, like, Oh yeah, I'm just going to open my sign. I'm going to turn my sign on. It's like, no, you have, something you can do to go back there's they're telling you they're like okay man we need to get everybody vaccinating vaccinated vaccinations fucking work am i i i googled before this okay it's just like i just didn't know if uh like if the numbers at seniors homes actually have gone down or we just stopped talking about it because that's our news cycle now but it's like no seniors homes have gone like infections at senior homes have gone down because of vaccinations like it's 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 showing you it works. It, I don't get it. I don't get why you're so adamantly against it. Why aren't you just telling people, yo, get your fucking shots? Anybody can get it right now. Any adult can get their shot. Get your fucking shot. Nobody is telling people to do that. That's my one biggest complaint. Uh, that's my one where it's just like, yeah, hey, you guys have lost me. It's like, please just encourage people to get their shots. And I know some people are doing it covertly, maybe, or just in person, but. Yeah, just I think people should be way more outspoken about that. That's my opinion about the whistle stop cafe. James. Is is that not crazy? 
that there is this like for some people there is this uh and i know that there are certain people that have gotten vaccinated but they're like they keep it they're keeping it a secret isn't that like absolutely absurd like when you think yeah well you're talking to one i was ashamed when i got vaccinated because i felt like i jumped the line i was (laughs) that's that's a different story though (laughs) i'm saying everyone is eligible now right i'm not talking about you 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 were proud to get it but kept it a secret because you thought you got it a little early i thought i i felt i felt totally unjustified getting it i but as did i You guys were eligible and got your shots. I'm talking about people that are eligible and are not getting. Them. Yeah, that's fucking crazy. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, uh, or they have and they're yeah, like, I was eligible, Jordan. <laughs> they don't. They think they don't fit in with their fellow. Yeah, anxiety. Whatever, right? Like, yeah. um, that's fucking crazy. It's just like, just get it. I mean, like nobody's looking at you can be there's subtleties to this you can be very like okay i think businesses should be supported better i think that the restrictions that are put in are confusing but i can also think that getting vaccinated is a good thing it's just like everybody's just on teams now you know yeah i agree but i agree you probably should get vaccinated but there are people out there that are like hey i don't want to get vaccinated Listen, I don't give a fuck if you don't want to get vaccinated, but don't be like telling everyone, don't get your vaccinations because it's poison. No, and no, then no. telling it's, people, yeah. hey, they need to open up again. Yeah, no, like just if you don't want your vaccination, just don't get it. Just, like you're not, you have a right not to get it. Don't get it. And uh, that's the in my, my, my opinion, though, in Canada, though, you should be forced to get it because we have like not free healthcare. Like we all pay for healthcare, right? If you were, if we were in the States, I'd be probably a bit more like, if you don't get it, I don't give a it's fuck. It's free right? in the States. Is it free to get it? Yeah. No, but like not get like, if you get COVID though and go to the hospital. That's not like, free. That's not no. free, right? Where in Canada, if you get COVID and go to the hospital, like you're not, you're paying the same as everyone else's. So, mm-hmm. I mean, that's another strong reason why in Canada, uh, my views kind of changed a little bit over the last little bit, but it's, I feel we should all be getting it because we're all paying for the same healthcare. If we're, if you had to pay for yourself, Brian, I don't give a fuck if you get it, if that's your choice, right? Because you're going to pay for it in the end or not. It's interesting where this conversation went because it started with like, well, there was a protest, right? About restriction. (laughs) But we're talking about anti-vaxxers, right? Yeah. And sort of the COVID deniers in a way, right? Like they don't think they're going to get it because they don't think it's a big deal. Like they're lumping, we're lumping all those in together because unfortunately what what I see, at least on social media, is all of those people are the same, right? Like I'm not seeing... I'm not seeing any intelligent protesters in terms of like intelligently protesting something, right? I'm seeing, I mean, like, because here's the thing. If you went to that protest yesterday and you stood there and you looked around objectively, is that, you think that that is, is actually accomplishing something? Like what was the, what was the image that was, that, that, that you saw on the front page of the like news websites today? Oh, the guy with the sword. He was the guy with the sword, right? That's who. That's that. What's that's what you look like when you attended that protest yesterday. And I'm not saying if you attended, that's who you are. I'm saying that's what you look like, because that's what the rest of us are lumping you in as. That's not an intelligent way to protest. I I a hundred percent agree. If you took the approach of saying the lockdown measures don't seem intelligent enough, when you tell me my and this is where this is me where it's affected me personally. My three-year-old, or not my not not even three-year-old, 
can't play soccer with four kids in the field, but he could go to a playground and do whatever he wants. That's not smart, right? Like, Mm -hmm. I'm not saying either of those things are dangerous, but you'd lock down soccer for three-year-olds. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Uh, I saw some intelligent and unique ways that like certain uh, martial arts school owners were doing with like their kids in the parking lot with parachutes and stuff. That was really cool to see. I don't think that's a dangerous activity. He's not allowed to do that anymore. I think that's really stupid that he can't do that anymore. The problem is, is that we have to cater to the lowest common denominator all the time. And you cannot expect government. And I'm not a fan of this government. But, you, but where I can sympathize with them is you cannot expect them to understand the intricacies of whatever you happen to be teaching or whatever your business is. And that's why you do a lockdown, lockdown, it's not, come on, but lockdown, um, and you provide the appropriate supports to keep them afloat. And if you do that effectively, mm-hmm. and there's been countries similar to Canada that did that effectively, and they have been open since last Christmas, uh, Australia, I'm just talking about. Country well, but was- Australia is an island. It's totally different. Come on. <laughs> we, we locked our borders down when we wanted to. It does You don't have to be on an island. And, uh, and, and so, like, that's what, that's what I complain about. I think there are things to complain about. Going to support the whistle stop who has, who has defied health orders, who has not gone about it intelligently. I guarantee you they are not following health orders when they have been open. That's the problem. It's like, you always have to cater to the lowest common denominator. It's like, can restaurants operate safely? Probably. Are all of them? No, that's the problem. And so as a government, you have to look at that and be like, okay, well, no one gets to play, but let's give you an opportunity to like come out of this. And that's, that's where I can sympathize with small business is they haven't been given the appropriate supports. And one of those things is this opening up and closing down and opening up and closing down. And this last third wave before they shut down, there was restaurant owners just asking, just give me a bit of a heads up because like I have to hire staff to yeah. open. And then two weeks later, you tell me to shut down. That's a huge problem. Not to mention product. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's like When there's infectious disease doctors saying like, you are not going to avoid the third wave like it's coming you're going to be shutting down in two weeks and then you have the government saying like no like i think it's going to be fine let's just keep looking at the numbers and they're just like the experts were actually saying this is unavoidable and then you have government saying no like don't worry about it you have a government saying one week there's no transmission in schools and then the next week they're saying well actually we haven't been able to trace <laughs> for for three months now and Probably it's happening in school. So we're just going to shut them, shut them down. This happened last week, literally the week before they were saying, no, there's nothing really going on in schools. We don't even need to vaccinate teachers. Think about that. So there are things to complain about. I think attending a protest at the whistle stop rally when like the, and and I understand that you didn't go there thinking the face was going to be a Braveheart guy, but that's your face. I'm sorry. That's what, that's what came out of that for you. And if you then, if you said, if you, and then to, to talk about what, um, what Brian touched on, where it's like, it's so unfortunate that you can't protest measures uh, that you think are silly and do it in an intelligent way, like certain parts of the lockdown. And then for some reason you can't also promote vaccination. I think it would go a extremely long way 
for someone to be both of those things. Like, okay, this part of, uh, of lockdown is dumb, but like, I understand that our way out of this at this point, regardless of whether or not you agree with the measures taken to get here, it's vaccination. Like it has to be, you have to, I mean, you have to promote that. And, and it's unfortunate that there's, there's people in our sphere of influence that, um, that aren't like yeah. promoting it. And I, I think they're underestimating the influence that they have. It's, and it's yeah. kind of I should, I should clarify. I did say it was a protest to save small business, which that may have, that's one of them maybe, but it's actually a save Alberta camp out protest. It was advertised as so. That's a bit different. Uh, I will say, like, I'm sure there's some people there that uh, are probably, I I emphasize with them to a point where, uh, like, there's these people are made, like, who knows what happened to some of these people? Like, maybe they've lost everything already and they're like, like, (laughs) this is my only way of, like, going and expressing something, right? Yeah. Uh, I can only imagine, like, if I'm in that position, like, I'm losing everything or I have lost everything, like, someone's like, hey, come to this rally. It's like, we, we're gonna get changed i'll be like Yo, what else am i gonna do right like i'm losing everything as it is uh i'm not saying that's what i would do but then again i don't know like i'm not in that position it's like far, far be it from me to say uh i i agree that the whole the way they're doing everything and the way they did it was not great and doesn't help anything but at the same time like the mental toll this whole thing has taken a lot of people is yeah rough right so at to some to some degree, I'll sympathize with. I'm sure some like some or majority. I don't know. I'd have to you have to talk to some of those people and see like where their headspace is at, right? But yeah, just one of I those think- things too. I don't want to like say everyone there's <laughs> you're all idiots, which they're not. Some people are going there with being yeah, like, "Hey, I- like I've lost everything, or I'm about to lose everything, and I want change." Uh, and they're like, "Hey, like it's a protest," but I get I, like I feel there's ways they could do it better. People that aren't like they don't realize what they're they don't they don't even know what the whistle stop has represented for the last couple of months, right? Mm-hmm. They don't understand the history there, and they yeah. just there because they think they're in the same in the same boat. Um, but I, I I don't know. I think it's on you if you're gonna if you're gonna go and associate with certain people, especially this day and age when your picture's gonna end up on the internet, and especially if you're a business owner that relies on. Um, uh, publicity good publicity <laughs> yeah that's true um i mean you gotta you gotta do your research first to understand who you're going to associate yourself with yeah and unfortunately you associated yourself with yeah. in that case if you're a business owner that already lost it what do you care <laughs> you're just like well fuck this Maybe. but yeah right. i don't know but... interesting experiment is you set up like a vaccination tent at the front and you see people take <laughs> it right like yeah it's an unfortunate and i'm making an assumption here but like the people that the 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 handful of people that i know that would attend something like this are the same people that like they're not promoting vaccination or they're full-on at least as far as covid concerned anti-vaxxers okay so public service announcements uh for the three people listening to this if you haven't got your vaccine already go get it go sign up i know in definitely in alberta anybody under like 18 and over can get it Uh, they're starting to vaccinate as young as 16 now in BC, I think you can get vaccinated. I fucking don't know what the age starting is. Monday, yeah. 12, starting Monday 12 and up Yeah, in, in uh, Alberta. Yeah. So get your fucking vaccines. These things are, I don't know. If you look at the, just the way the vaccine works, it's pretty crazy. It's not 
I don't think it's gene therapy as some people are calling it, but it's just the way they, they've kind of made these vaccines is pretty, uh, pretty crazy. You think that it's, Oh yeah. How did this take like no time to turn over? It's like, no, this was 25 years of research of, of this type of vaccine. Um, it wasn't an overnight thing, but definitely COVID sped things up and not in the ways you would have thought it sped it up. It's not like they were more lax on the approval rather it was just, they were, like they basically had a gigantic safety net that made them able to speed the vaccine up way faster. I'm no, again, I've had my like multiple concussions. Don't talk to me about these things. I am a fucking moron there. You can definitely go out there. There's tons of podcasts, tons of articles out there about these vaccines. Get your fucking vaccine. All right. I'm gonna shut up now. Yeah. At the beginning too, I was kind of like that. I was like, Hey, how do they come up with a vaccine so quick? But then like, when you take a step back and look, you're like, Hey, every country is putting million dollars towards it, like millions of dollars. And like the, like our science is so far ahead of what it used to be for all this other shit that. Sorry. Yeah, no, no. Just to add on, like, like one of the things that sped up is just like, they basically guaranteed these vaccine companies that like, we're buying this. <laughs> yeah. We're going to buy this yeah. and you can start doing this. We are giving you money to keep developing this thing. A lot of times, Vaccine companies won't even start producing a vaccine until the trials have passed. They've, they've been approved and whatnot. They were producing the vaccine before the thing got approved, just in case like the trials do get approved, they could hit the floor running. So it's just things like that, like all the logistical things, not necessarily shortcuts in the science. Mm-hmm. It's almost sad that like, what well, I mean, collectively, what could these companies do? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there's a huge profit motivation there, obviously, right? Yeah. Yeah. But like, I mean, what else is out there? Well, we know there's a lot of there's a lot of vaccines they're trying to work on, right? But like a lot of shit gets tied up because of the logistics. Like a lot of things is just like, yeah, we could do this, but you know, who's gonna pay for it at the end of the day? And it's just as stupid as some things sound, it's just like, yes, you could just you can literally solve a lot of problems by just throwing a shit ton of money at it. This -hmm. is one of those problems. Mm -hmm. Anyway, okay. Uh, anything okay. else you guys want to add about the whistle stop vaccines i think we've lost everybody listening anyways so yeah. let's just talk shit talk keep talking uh, shit. okay our next news item assuming james you have nothing to add to the last one was uh uh have you guys been following dogecoin at all and elon musk's affiliation with it no but my uh my Millwood's chat yeah so from my understanding of it this will just be like a loose description of don't right at the beginning, right, kind of right after GameStop, Elon Musk is like, Dogecoin to the moon. Uh, and with Tesla's money, they bought a bunch of it, uh, hyped it up, pumped it up, got the, basically got it to a really good price. Uh, I don't know if he sold, I know he definitely sold Bitcoin. Uh, but then again, comments he made dropped it. And then basically everything he does, <laughs> like lowers or drops Bitcoin, he's a big influence on it. Uh, and this past weekend, yesterday, I guess he was on Saturday Night Live. So uh, people are wanting to see what it's going to do to it. Uh, it sounds like it's going back up now. But uh, have you guys been following it at all? Uh, no, just I've been following the very, 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 very casually following the price of Ether, Ethereum. Ethereum. Because yeah. of yeah, it's because of my uh, my friends in their chat, and yeah, apparently that shit's going to the moon, but not Dogecoin. I think but most of all a, cryptocurrencies are going nuts. I have a but. small portfolio of crypto, but no Dogecoin. No, <laughs> not yet. But it's, uh, it's one of those things. People, people present like Elon Musk's influence over cryptocurrencies as it being a bit 
ridiculous, but I, I, re I remember several years ago, people would talk about Warren Buffett's influence. Oh yeah. He'd buy a stock and like it would, it would go through the roof and he'd start, he'd sell his position in something and it would have a, a multiplier effect on what it should have. I don't think it's any different. I just think we're, we're in a, uh, it's just so responsive. Yeah. Because you can, you can buy it so easily and sell it so easily and trade it so easily now um, that it's, it's just seems, it seems he's been so outwardly reckless with his influence um, yeah. in, in a way. And, and in reality, he's making profit off of it. So, it, and, it, and it's doing it with a, a gray area investment where it's not well-regulated. So it seems so a little bit offside. Yeah. Um, but cryptos are like cryptocurrency, in my opinion, like it, it's legit. Like we're going to land on something like even Bitcoin has gotten a lot more stable over the last few months like there's the ups and downs but the peaks and valleys are far less aggressive than they used to be and that was what a lot of experts were saying was going to happen um it's just i think that it's uh it's a way to kind of i think there's the demand that's there i think the finance industry sort of even whether they know it or not demands it and i'm speaking completely out of my ass right now i am not hey we should get our favorite financial advisor on this do you know what his uh, views on crypto are uh, he would he would not have any views on crypto. It is a non traditional asset and uh, <laughs> a non regulated asset. He would not. Uh, yeah, he, and there's also no commission to be made on selling. I told my uh, my boss about my financial uh, my financial advisor, and mm -hmm. the only reason I'm with my financial advisor is because of his uh, his his past. The only reason. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Anyway, no, he doesn't. He doesn't have it. He's not. He wouldn't have any opinion on crypto. Okay, okay. I think all, he I has been, all I know that it's been my best investment over the last five years. <laughs> <laughs> nothing, nothing to do with him. <laughs> oh God! All right. Uh, okay. Yeah. Well, well, uh, so buy uh, Dogecoin. Buy. Well, no, don't. Like, if you don't know what you're doing, don't do anything because it goes up and down, like a motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. so. uh, don't listen to Brian. <laughs> do your research, then buy Dogecoin. Uh, Get vaccinated. Okay. Our last uh, topic is big news here in Edmonton. Uh, McDavid, Connor McDavid, gets his 100th point last night in his 53rd game. Uh, yeah. So this is still be bewilders me about, like, people. <laughs> uh, a tweet last night is a guy said, call me bias, but I would still pick McKinnon to front a franchise. I do believe McDavid is a generational talent, and it is an offensive cheat code. However, he's not the game changer Mac is. Are you fucking kidding so me? It's an just, offensive cheat code, but he's not the game changer that McKinnon yeah, so is. Now, so if he's the cheat code, what's McKinnon, you stupid fuck? I'm going to follow this up with a tweet from... Uh, okay. This is Tony Brar. He's an Oilers guy. Yeah, uh, yeah. On April 17th, Connor McDavid at 69 points in 42 games heading into the matchup against the Jets. Uh, that's So in his last 11 games, he had 31 points. Okay. Nine goals and 22 assists. That's ridiculous. Uh, and to put perspective where McKinnon is behind McDavid right now, he has 35 points behind today. What are, what are the, so I'm totally not, I didn't follow the NHL at all outside of the Canadian division. How are the Avalanche even doing? Yeah, I think they're second behind the Vegas Knights in their division. So we're second in the Canadian division. They're second. You're saying McKinnon doesn't have. Yeah. So has what they're they're saying is like, well, Edmonton's beaten up on the likes of Ottawa and Vancouver. They don't play defense, but that's not really the truth. Like every division has their shit teams, uh, and the Oilers aren't playing. It seems like they're playing Vancouver a billion times, 
but they're playing them nine times because they missed a whole bunch of like the, every they play every team nine times yeah but they missed like a whole whack of games so yeah now of course they're playing vancouver like five times mm-hmm. within the season so he would have got the like he probably would have got those points irregardless he's the uh, best fucking yeah, player say, in the league man. <laughs> if he's not a unanimous mvp this year it would be like a travesty like i don't you know who they're gonna vote for austin matthews instead I don't know. I don't think there's any argument for, yeah, there's no argument against McDavid, but there's no, there's certainly no argument for McKinnon. Like at least Austin, like what Austin Matthews has done with goals is impressive for sure. Yeah. hundred percent. 40 goals. And the same, the same uh, like argument you'd kind of have for McDavid would be like, well, McDavid, he plays a dry saddle. Like, people, McDavid doesn't no. get that argument as much as dry saddle does. Dry saddle. Oh, he plays with McDavid, but Matthews, He's playing. He's not even the leading point getter on our team. Mitch Marner is. That could be because he didn't Matthews have a lot of points. Matthews, <laughs> no. Well, he does. He is. He has sixty-five points. He's fifth in the league. Yeah. Two behind so Marner. This is. I, I'm pretty sure. I, I read this. I read this stat, and maybe it changed after tonight's games or last night's games. But you could literally remove McDavid's goals, and there's thirty of them, right? Yep. And he's still second in the league in scoring. Yeah. So dry side. Yeah, he'd be second behind dry settle. I think I tweeted that in our chat last night. He has 68 assists, so that put him one point ahead of Brad Marchand for second place. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Like, so how, do you, how do you compare anyone to that? And anyone that says, oh, he has dry settle, he's only assisted on 21 of dry settle's goals. But they haven't been playing on the same line. Also. No, they've been playing nice. separate most of the year. They played a couple games, like lots of games together this year. Few. Yeah, when they need a fucking advantage, yeah. you put your two best players together on the same line, you dumb yeah. fucks. Dreisaitl is an impressive player. The success that he's had with a variety of line mates, and yeah. he, mm-hmm. his line gets changed all the time. And he he's is a totally different role where with McDavid, everyone's expected to come up to your speed and just play your style where dry side yeah. has to, he, he has to change constantly his yeah. style of play to adjust to McDavid or whoever he's playing with. And uh, what he's been able to do consistently over the last three seasons is also incredibly impressive. Yeah. His season this year is super impressive and no one's even talking about it because mm-hmm. he's <laughs> 21 points behind McDavid, yeah. but he himself is uh, 13 points or what is he? Twelve points ahead of the Brad Marchand, who's in third. Yeah. So yeah. like, yeah. Hey, shout out to Craig McTavish. Leon Drysaddle was Craig McTavish's best draft pick. I remember I was hating on that draft pick. I was just like, you're just taking the biggest guy that's left on the board. It's like, I, no. I remember. If that. It was up to me. We would have got Sam Bennett. Oh, that would have been well. Sam Bennett now is lighting it up in <laughs> Florida. I would. Uh, I still would have picked Leon that year because he was a big centerman. That's what, exactly what we've been craving for. Uh, that was, was why I said we should draft. Like him. he was, he was, he was. Met, anyone in that position was going to take Drysaddle, right? Like I. No, 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 no. He was. Uh, Drysaddle was number four. There's yeah. lots of people. Bennett was three. Bennett was three, but lots of people didn't like his gra- draft combine where he couldn't do a single pull up. <laughs> but he's actually quite a like sandpaper player. So yeah. I like Sam Bennett too. Like I. Uh, Kind of was hoping at the trade deadline something would happen where we get him, but obviously that didn't no. happen. Um, and in dra- like Pulley draft year, uh, I think he's what second behind uh, Matthews in point on goals this year. Is he Matthews draft year? No, no, Pulley was uh, he's Dubois, four. Dubois, who's with Line, yeah, and then number one was uh, Marner. No, no, Matthews, Matthews. So he's second behind Matthews in goals this year, I think, for his draft not bad, year. not bad. Hey, I want to give a shout out before we keep going while we're talking about the others. Shout out to Mike Smith. So uh, yeah. before the year started, 
my mother-in-law was was all excited she was just like oh i got this uh, new nhl player that's on the bread list now he's he's the goalie for the oilers mike smith i was just like that fucking loser you're giving him bread don't give him bread he lets in so many goals and uh he ever since he got onto the just pies um bread list mm-hmm. he's been gold so just pies so it's the bread it's yeah. the bread man that's what i was so fountain of youth i didn't want to i didn't want her to sell it to him i was just like okay you tell him that the moment he like starts becoming the backup again he doesn't get any more bread right i was gonna say you don't don't sell to that loser but she did <laughs> I was pretty anti Mike Smith going into this season. I I think most people agreed that there's no way that he should have had a role at the beginning of the the playoffs last year. Make yeah. sense, uh, especially because um, like he, he wasn't really the number one goalie at that point. It didn't make no. any sense. And we had two backups. Yeah, I think we had two one Bs probably at that point. No. Yeah, one B, two A's. Like I don't know. Yeah, we didn't have like, we didn't have outstanding goaltending, but like certainly he wasn't the best at that stage. It didn't make any sense. He yeah. corrected the air like right away, but it was too late. Short series, and uh, I didn't have any hope for him. Right, like, and we missed out on the goalie sweepstakes over the off season, and then it was like, oh god, and then he was hurt, which was like a mystery injury. Like there, there was never clear what he was hurt with. Right. COVID. Okay, COVID. Well, I don't think it was, no, it was like a lower body injury. Yeah, I don't think it was COVID. I'm going to say COVID. No, gonna say COVID. He had COVID. Maybe he started want... with COVID and then he <laughs> got up, but he had like a significant lower body injury that kept him out for ages. It was like, how is this? <laughs> like, this is what we're waiting for. Yeah. And he came back and he's done like, he's done quite well. There's the odd weak one that goes in, but he's solid. Like, he's what yeah. you need. He's, he's giving them what they need, which is like, I mean, no more. Than we're getting that. We're getting that Mike Smith streaky year. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, yeah. it's uh, it results in something. It's, he's it's basically, like he's basically playing next year. This is like they have to solve their goaltending yeah. problem. But yeah. we've gotten a good yeah. year. He's basically playing as good as Koskinen, except he doesn't let in the first goal every game, which which is ridiculous. How often four, it happens? Four, so four goals on four shots. That was horrible. Yeah. So I think that ties a record. Yeah, yeah, Tyler Buns. Was it Tyler Buns? Tyler Buns. Yeah. That's I don't know if it was someone else. But anyway. I mean, two of them, two of them were for sure terrible goals. Oh, three and four. That went off his blocker into that. And number four just yeah. <laughs> squeakered yeah. through the five hole. Anyway, that'll do that. But uh we're gonna move into our next statement, which is kind of based off uh the McDavid hundred points in fifty-three games. Uh so Brian, let's lead us into our next segment segment. All right, next segment is our top three. Yes. Okay. Well, so in honor of Connor McDavid's fifty, no, hundred points in fifty something games. games, we Jordan had a fantastic, uh, fantastic idea for top three. Tell us what it is. Yeah. So the top three is your uh, top three most memorable sports moments that uh, you either saw live or maybe your young little James watching on TV with your papa uh, sitting on his yeah. knee there. Uh, <laughs> so, or you went to this thing live. Uh, it's up to you. Uh, do any of you guys want to go first? Yeah, I'll go first. Okay. No. Okay. So this was uh, this was memorable for me, and not just because of the result. The result was not memorable, but number three was the first time I went to a live MMA show as a corner, and it was for my friend, my good friend James's uh, first MMA fight. 
training for that thing was great. That was one of uh, my, I had so much fun training for that with him. It was great. But the, when we went there, like obviously the fight itself, I was in shambles after that fight. But uh, before I was just kind of seeing everybody warm up. Like we were in the same uh, locker room as <laughs> notable ex UFC fighters, Matt Horowitz. But the guy, the thing I kept remembering was uh the gloves they gave James before the fight were very, th- were uh, super stiff, right? And then somebody showed it, James. Like, I saw one of the other fighters, like, put it underneath the couch and just, like, kind of sit on it and have it bent out of shape. And we also saw uh, Dan Henderson's Muay Thai coach, Ciro Debate, mm-hmm. who has his own, uh, his own BJJ Fanatics uh, uh, video. And we saw him fight and I saw him warm up and it was just like, that guy's a badass. Maybe I could be like that one day. Cool fight guy. Robin Black was in our dressing room too. Yeah. Remember? I forgot about that. Yeah. yeah. You I opened forgot. up the I show, remember. correct? You were in the first fight? Second. You were second. Yeah. Robin Black was like third, fourth? No, no. He was like mid card, I think. Yeah. Did he, he win? Was that was crazy. Name, right? Pardon? He did he win? Like, Robin Black won that night, I think. No, he did Ooh. not win. No, I'll, I'll Google that. He did not win. I remember he was upset at the end okay. of that fight. I, I don't. It happened after my fight. I don't remember. What I don't, <laughs> yeah. Right on. I remember that was a fun. Win, right? Sorry. Didn't Matt Horwich win? Oh fuck! I think so. Yeah, the guy that wasn't on. He's the one that didn't look like he was on juice, right? Yeah, it was like a, it was a surprise win. Like he wasn't expected to. I don't think. Yeah, yeah. Who's the guy he fought? It was, a, it was a rematch. Lambert, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah Jason, Jason Lambert. Lambert. Jason Lambert looked juicy that night. Mm-hmm. And Horwich won, I think. I Horwich won, and he thanked God at the end of it. Thank God and Jesus. I only remember that because that poster is up in our gym. <laughs> James is on the cover of it, actually. Silhouette James. It was funny, that, that fight card. You know why I'm on that? So I, I did their original website, and... So I, I had subcontracted to a graphic designer and he did the website design and he did was doing all the promotional materials. And so he threw me on it. I didn't ask for it, but he was like, I'll just put you on it. You're fighting on it. <laughs> awesome. Uh, so Robin Black lost to uh, Corey Ladisher that night. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. <laughs> Number three memorable, just because I, uh, I, was, I was there. And it was my good friend, James. Mm-hmm. All right, Jordan, you're not up next. Uh, okay, my number three. Uh, this probably should be higher, but because of who I was there to watch, probably not. Uh, watching Backlash when it came to Edmonton and Chris Benoit won the title. Fuck yeah. <laughs> uh, I remember going with uh, two friends. Uh, and that was, I love that show. We, I think we sat second deck, like four rows up. And when Benoit came out, we're all just like, yeah. And then when he came on one, I think he, I did he beat Triple H? No, he didn't win the title. That was when he defended it the first. Oh, he defended, okay. Yeah. But it was in Edmonton. It was, yeah. Uh, yeah, it was an awesome card to see. So that's my number three. WWE Live is crazy because it's just like it is fun. It's get, super fun live. They're close enough for me to like touch, and it's just like I, I'm watching a live TV show. It was crazy. Yeah, man. I was gonna have a. WWE event to the number three, but yeah. I had my good friend James. Actually, there, so. I'm going to tie my number three in with my very first WWE event. My dad took me to the Heart Attack Tour when it came to the Agricom. 
Oh, and we saw man. the casket match between Undertaker and Yokozuna at the time. <laughs> so that was pretty intense. So I'll add that in there as a number three as well. All right. James. My list is probably going to be weird for your, at least number three is going to be weird. Don't say Canoe Polo. If you I'm say Canoe Polo. I'm not into this sport at all. But it, for some reason, it's one of my earliest sports memories. And I wasn't even that young, but I just, when I randomly, it just pops into my head whenever I see baseball. And, uh, and I always try to remember, I was like, was there ever a time I liked watching baseball? And it's obviously, I mean, it's playoffs here and there, the odd world series, but for some reason, this one always pops into my head. And uh, it was when, with Joe, Joe Carter's walk off win of the world series in game six. And yeah, I remember that. Was it hopping around? Yeah, like that was for some reason I will never forget that I was watching. T- I was watching it with my family. It was like a huge deal, and at the time I remember like pro sports were just such this big deal to me. It didn't matter what sport it was. Yeah, and uh, I just remember it was just it was just uh, for some reason it's never left my head. And whenever I see baseball, I guarantee you, for some reason it'll like pop into my head randomly. Every day. I love baseball live. I'll tell you that I can't. I could see why it's America's pastime. It's it's so good when you watch. Yeah, it. I attended a game in uh, Boston. It was like a Red Sox Yankees game, just like a regular season game. Red Sox are already eliminated from the playoffs. Why am I not surprised that your baseball memory is one of the most storied uh, rivalries of all time, mm-hmm. and you're wearing a stupid yacht club hat? <laughs> but I digress. Anyway, I, I agree with you. The atmosphere was pretty cool. Yeah, because they give a shit, right? Like that's like. Were you in New York or Boston? Boston. Sorry. Yeah. They fucking love the Red Sox there. There's so they much totally history. It, but they beat the they beat the Yankees that night. And it was like neat to watch. I mean, you play how many, like hundred and some games, and they're totally out of it. And uh there's just so much pride in winning. And then they did they did such a good job at the at the stadium too, like with uh, with the entertainment value and concessions, and there was no lineups, it was full. And there was, I did not wait for a beer. They overstaffed everything. It was like, it was very much about, I thought it was a very good representation of how professional sports should be done. That's good. Pretty cool. And I'm not a baseball fan. I used to be. I think I'll jump on on it again this year. Uh, Okay. So James, uh, you should hit us with your number two. We'll go, we'll go in reverse order. Number two is, uh, so in 2006, I was in Las Vegas during the playoffs during the Stanley Cup finals yeah 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 and Oilers needed to win to survive oh. is this game 6 game 6 going in yeah so after, at so home they needed yeah. they were down 3-1 right yeah. oh god damn or they were down 3-2 right they were down 3 well they were down 3-1 at one point but yeah 3-2 yeah, 3-2 three, and then I was in Vegas and we were like, where do we got to go to watch the game? <laughs> yeah. And like, for some reason it, we found out that ESPN zone in New York, New York was like where all the Edmontonians were going to watch the game. And like, they were right. And we were in line. Uh, and we're, we're, we're going to miss the game. This is insane. Let's just go back to the hotel room or something. Right. <laughs> we don't want to miss it. And then all of a sudden, like right before the game started, because no one there other than the Edmontonians gave a shit about hockey. So like the 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 restaurants are sort of like emptying out, and then this rush of Oilers fans who were all lining up to like go in and watch the game on their like thirty foot screen or whatever, 
just all got let in and had dinner and watched the game. And it was awesome. been pretty wild. And that was like a pretty cool sports memory for me. They they won what four or five nothing that night, didn't they? Four nothing. Or... I'm pretty sure they came out and just fucking hammered them. Yeah, it was just a, it was just like a yeah, it was a they played so well. Yeah. We only had things to cheer about the whole time. Yeah. Like every and just looking around, like there was I don't know probably like 300 people in there, and it was all Edmontonians. Everyone had an Oilers jersey on. Okay. Yeah. We in a different country. Nice. Yeah. Cool. Uh, yeah, my number two is uh, was actually something I watched on TV, and it wasn't actually long ago. It was uh, it was the Raptors playoff run from uh, the championship year. <laughs> oh, yeah, uh, two moments. I, I was watching both live on TV. Was the Kawhi shot in Philly? Yeah, uh, that was outrageous. And then yeah. watching that final playoff series, like like I was, it was the first time I've been excited for anything other than like. Where there's hockey to come, like I gotta get home and watch this fucking game, and I'd get home and just watch it entirely through it with my wife or by myself, and be like, "Oh man, this game's awesome," uh, and that's pretty memorable because it just happened. I don't like chances of us seeing Raptors winning their championship for a while might not happen. So no, no, dude, uh, they they're gonna they're gonna be okay. Uh, yeah, but they still have a lot of super teams to contend with at the moment, so we'll see. That's good. Yeah. Okay, number two for me would be the 2006 Stanley Cup Finals as a whole. Uh, that was a crazy year for me. That was a year like that was a year after the lockout. We got Chris Pronger, and I had uh, Oilers mini pack tickets. Ooh. Oh yeah, it was <laughs> awesome. It was great. And then they made the playoffs. We had the option of buying playoff tickets. I was just like, uh, probably not going to be worth it. Oh. I was wrong. <laughs> I was wrong. I was so wrong. But like that was the first time I've been so pumped to see like sports. I didn't realize how much, how closely my happiness could be tied to, tied to a, a sports team, a sport team uh, result. Like I was so pumped for the Oilers every day. Like I got physically upset when they were losing. That was yeah. the first year, and it's like ever since then I get so into any type of sports games that I have like some type of stake in, and that was a turning point for me for sure. I was just like. Ever since that day, it's just like I I can see why people love watching sports. Yeah. So yeah, obviously, you know they lost Game Seven, but yeah, that series is huge. Like that whole run was huge because they get through Detroit, they go up against San Jose. And for all intents and purposes, they're we're gonna lose. They're gonna get swept. Yeah. Until yeah. Rafi Torres just fucking who did he drop? He dropped somebody. Like just killed him. Yeah. And then from that moment on, they I think they swept San Jose. They swept no, no, Anaheim. They, sweep them. they beat them in six, I think. Yeah, but they were down two nothing at that point. Yeah. So basically, then, they didn't lose another game. I don't think. No, no, they game. lost. They uh, they didn't sweep Anaheim. They uh, won the series four to one. They didn't sweep Anaheim. You sure? I don't think. I care. look into it. Okay, you keep talking. I don't but, really uh, care sweeping anyone. But yeah, no. Th- do you know what the crazy thing about that? That's that. Uh, the craziest thing about that playoff run was that every time. They were short-handed. It felt like they were on a power play. Was it just me? It's like they were going to score. It was like the other team fucked up by uh, having the Oilers take a penalty. Like I felt like the Oilers were always going to score shorty. Was it just me? Yeah. I, I don't know. Uh, like for some reason, I feel like I felt that at some point. Maybe it was during that series. Was that where that came from? Where they were like lethal the sh- on the on the lethal on the penalty kill? Yeah. 
short hat. Yeah, I think it was the Sharks, but I remember. Yeah, Torres. so the Sharks, they lost. They went down. They lost 2-1 in the first two games. And then they went on to win 3-2 in triple overtime in the yeah. game of three. They won 6-3, 6-3, and then 2-0. So they won four in a row after. And then they, they you're right, they lost in, uh, they won in five. They, yeah. won, they went 3-0, and lost yeah. game four. And then they went on to win two one in the game. Uh, Think about how important game three triple overtime was, right? Oh yeah. yeah. If they lose that, they lose. Like no one comes back from three nothing. No. As we saw in <laughs> the Carolina series. It's not possible. Fucking Rafi oh, Torres, man. It never happened. Yeah. Nice Rafi Torres, top five. Top five favorite order. I like Rafi when he's in order. The bug eyes. <laughs> uh, okay, it's number Brian, you got to go back with your number one. All right, number one favorite sporting event, sporting memory. I tried to pick something else. It's not close. I, the time I saw the Baltimore Ravens live in Seattle, <laughs> Lamar Jackson. Like, it's you call it recency bias, call it watching greatness in person, call it whatever you want. I was, the, I was one of many Ravens fans with all the Seattle uh, Seahawks fans out there, including my wife. And that whole day was fucking fantastic. It was awesome. Like I, I still have my wife, my uh, my daughter saying, "Lamar Jackson, Black Jesus" on yeah. video. So <laughs> yeah, it was. I fucking Lamar was crazy. He was so good. I've so never good. seen. I've never been to an NFL game live. I really want to go. Dude, next time you, uh, why don't we make it? We should make a trip out of it. Yeah, we're we going to see the Cowboys. Pay I saw the Cowboys. You saw the Cowboys in Cowboys Stadium? No, in uh, in Seattle. Tony Romo. It was the year that uh, Russell Wilson got the starting job. Anyway, nice. but that was, yeah, watching Lamar Jackson, man, that was the best. That was number one. Okay, my uh, number one is actually, uh, it's going to be live sports in general. I'm going to name my, I finally, uh, last year, completed the uh, all four major sports. I've finally seen all of them live. So I'm going to say my favorite one of each. Uh, for hockey, it was the 97 playoffs game three. My dad got tickets. We went, uh, and I believe the Oilers won, won that game four or three. Uh, but as a kid going to that fucking, it was unreal. I remember the atmosphere there was just nuts. Hence why I want to go so bad as an adult. I just can't get tickets now. So for the fact that he got tickets and was able to go, uh, it was pretty sweet. Uh, did your dad, how did your dad get played? He got him through work because he works for Cisco foods and there was a raffle at work for him and he won him. They were definitely nosebleeds. Don't get me wrong, but <laughs> fuck, I didn't care. They were sweet. Uh, for baseball, we used to go to Arizona lots. I saw uh, Sammy Sosa hit a home run off Randy Johnson. Are you serious? What yeah. the fuck? Yeah. When uh, did you go to? When did? You, what was this? My parents actually used to have a timeshare in Arizona. Wow, uh, I didn't know that. Uh, so we go down there every now and then. I remember my cousin, who's he's gonna be twenty two or twenty three now. He was super young at the time. And all these people were throwing paper airplanes <laughs> into the field. He like folds one up and both throw it. Security guard comes up to him and only him. And he's like, boy, <laughs> if you throw that uh, paper airplane, I'm kicking you out. And we're just like, <laughs> everyone, like there's like 80,000 planes, like fucking flying around in the air. And he's just one little kid. So that's my favorite baseball moment. Uh, for basketball, I've only ever been to one basketball game live. And that was uh, the Trailblazers. Who would they play? Oh, they placed uh, the LA Clippers. So we got to see Blake Griffin kind of when he was okay. Yeah. Um, and the uh, Trailblazers. And that was the one moment where I was like, man, like it's crazy how knowledgeable these fans are about basketball. 
Like they're yeah. calling for plays. And they're just like, what? What are they mad about? This is the only. It's the only sport they have down there. Yeah, and Portland, like the Oilers in Edmonton. Yeah, exactly. And then uh, NFL, I finally got this year. Um, I went Cardinals. to. I went. Oh, I actually saw two uh, NFL games this year. Uh, but the one, my favorite one is uh, our friend AJ. Uh, I went oh yeah, right, right. I went with him to the last game for the Oakland Raiders at their. Uh, at their concrete prison stadium they have there. Oh, that was uh, awesome. We got to stand on the field for the warm-ups and like the pre-game uh, and national anthem and everything. And then we got... Where did you guys we, sit for that? We sat oh, in the, like one of their club boxes. Fuck yeah. So that was pretty sweet. It was su- super sweet. But I will say Oakland is a very tough city. <laughs> uh, like, you know how there's super long lines for food and if you got to go through, you just kind of just cut through do not cut through those lines <laughs> you get called some major names i was like someone's gonna stab me walking through these lines have you watched last chance you at all i have yeah isn't it two of the seasons are a team from oakland aren't they yeah is it that though the white coach from harlem uh yeah with the mustache uh, maybe i can remember <laughs> it's a, so two seasons before they switched to basketball yeah that's the i want to say it's that white guy from harlem jason jason something <laughs> Oh no, not that guy. That guy's independence. That oh, was he's a, independence. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, those are my. That's my favorite live sporting moments. Is my number one. All right, James, number one. My number one um, is uh, I was trying to think, and it just popped into my head. But I was trying to think of the the time that I was most pumped up from something happening uh in a sporting event and it was frank mir <laughs> i don't ever remember being more excited in my life frank mir who sorry who was it kneebard when he subbed brock oh, fuck. <laughs> really oh yeah wasn't that wasn't that insane i probably was watching it with you guys i vaguely no no i don't think i watched it with you i watched it with somebody else my buddy's from, uh, from I was probably Jordan. I was pretty yeah, sure. I probably, I probably watched it with you, I think, at that time. But to me, that was just that was just insane. Like Frank Mir was, I mean, he was whenever an underdog wins, and to me it was just such a victory for like jujitsu and MMA. And uh and for him to do it with a sub, it's like Lesnar <laughs> pleading for mercy. Like to me, it was just such an important moment for MMA at the time. But like, second, no one knew it. Like they didn't. Even, they didn't want Frank Frank Mir to win, right? Yeah. Him, like it was just such proof. Like nothing was like for sure that wasn't the result they wanted. So it was like for sure it wasn't fixed, <laughs> and it was just like a legit MMA win of like Lesnar not being good enough yet. Okay. Nice. Related to that, uh, that was that win more impressive or less impressive in retrospect? Or sorry, was Brock Lesnar's uh, performance more or less impressive in retrospect? That where he lost to Mir? Yeah. His performance, like, okay, so yes, he got knee barred, but you remember what happened before. <laughs> yeah. I, judging by what happened in the second fight, <laughs> I would say. Like, uh, how, how fucking crazy is it that, or sorry, I didn't have to curse there. How crazy was that that Brock Lesnar just walks in having one MMA fight and like, obviously it's a different, it's a different era now. That was his third now. fight, I think. 
Yeah, it's third fight. Second UFC fight. But just you've you've seen other people come in with less experience, you know, and it's just like or have success in another sport. Like Brock Lesnar, that was I don't care what you say, I don't care you're cheering against him. It's like that was really impressive. Like you kind of took it for granted. Like you if you we take a look, okay, so CM Punk, obviously not not Brock Lesnar, but same with Greg Hardy. It's it's like if Greg Hardy fought a former UFC champ, it's a different era, but if he fought someone that was legitimately good, they wouldn't have put him in there. He wouldn't have no like he wouldn't have had the same amount of success as Brock Lesnar. That was really impressive for Lesnar, man. You know, that's a good point because I always I, I I was always never the as big of a Lesnar fan in MMA as I think some people. I think unfortunately maybe he didn't reach his potential because of the health articulated having. Yeah. Um, and so I, I think it's, I think his quite career is kind of a bit of a question mark. He obviously relied a lot on his athleticism, but yeah, I yeah. think you bringing up Greg Hardy is a pretty, uh, a pretty good point. Um, who is another big athletic guy, not on the level of Lesnar, but, um, yeah, I mean, you, like what would have happened to Hardy if he fought Frank Mir, even like, even, even like Frank Mir was coming up again there, right? We learned that he was coming up again there, right? Yeah. But say Frank Mir from a year earlier than that, I don't think has a problem with Greg Hardy. No. No. Right? Like, Absolutely not. The one big difference though between the two is like Brock Lesnar was a former NCAA guess, yeah, Div 1 a, champion. And Brock Lesnar was also a lot older again when he got into UFC than... Imagine if he got him right out of like college or something. I, I mean, yeah, I completely disregarded the wrestling, this, yeah. the actual real wrestling background that yeah. Lester had. Dude, <laughs> he was a former champion. He, he was just, actually just... an actual wrestler. Yeah. He was a world WWF world champion at one point. <laughs> I, had the cra- I had the craziest, I had the craziest meme I shared. <laughs> Brock Lesnar was in three video games for different sports. Yeah, that's right. Uh, he, was Madden. he was in Madden, he was in SmackDown, and he was in the UFC game. Number 69. Yeah. Anyway. Right anyway, uh, that was that was a huge memory for me for some reason in MMA. Is uh, Mir beating Lesnar. Yeah. Right on. So okay, right. that concludes our top three. Uh so be- before we go into our last or our last couple segments, dad blog and uh, finish the beer review. We're going to throw in a quick little segment here. Yesterday, Brian chose to beak me for no reason. I'm a self-admitted <laughs> poor speller, okay? I know this. I said you're grammar. an average speller. Whoa, 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 whoa. You, you just shut up for a second. I'm a self-admitted poor speller. Poor grammar, we'll say. But I don't know where. I didn't even spell anything wrong, I don't think. Brian you, just you, writes. You, you used an apostrophe S for a plural. Oh, my God. Okay, anyway, I don't know where Brian just like, Jordan's horrible at spelling. Me and three other people are like, I don't know where that's from. <laughs> Brian just being an asshole. So I've come up with a mini spelling bee for both James no. and Brian. No, no, we're doing this right now. No typing, no type, Brian, no typing. I have uh, 10 words. We're going to see how you're going to do. <laughs> that's not a mini spelling bee. It's a big spelling bee. Okay, fine, three we'll words, five, pick three words. I'm going to do five words. Fuck We'll see how it goes. We'll do three words. Okay, uh, I'll do a different word for each of you. What <laughs> do you guys want to say? Well, we'll see if you get it. Okay, the first word, Brian, for you, don't type, you can't type this in, is maneuver. 
the definition a movement performed with a care and skill. <laughs> okay, M A N O U V E R. Wrong. What the is wrong? James, would you like to steal his point? <laughs> M A N. He's looking at. No, no, I'm not looking. He's writing it down, maybe. And I'm not writing it down. Can I write it down? You can write it down. Maneuver? Oh, fuck. You're close, Brian. I was. I have one wrong letter. I wish. Well, you missed a letter. I wish I was listening to Brian. <laughs> because <laughs> the tricky part is. Uh, Quit stalling, bitch. <laughs> M A N. Could you use it in a sentence? Uh, I'd like to you, move, maneuver yeah, around. You this will. You will be asked to perform some standard maneuvers during your driving test. M A N. Yep. U E V. Wrong. <laughs> Brian said right. Yeah, uh, no. Brian. Brian said M A N O U V R E. Yeah, and it should have been M A N E. No, M A. It's M A N O E U V R E. So neither of you guys get a point. Okay, next word uh, is embarrass. Embarrass? Yeah. Embarrassed or embarrass? Embarrass. Like in the no present ED. tense? You go no lagging, right? Uh, yeah, James, ED. you go first. Oh. Don't write it down. These are a lot of M B A R A S S. Close. Wrong. What? Brian. What the fuck? <laughs> Who's stupid now, Fred? <laughs> I, mean, I have the right spelling underneath what I read. B R R A S S E D. Brian, you're correct. You without the E D. James, you missed an R. Yeah, there's two R's. There's two R's. You said one, correct? Yeah. Okay, so Brian gets a point. James gets done. Well, he said uh, E at the end. Well, he, well, he said E, spelled embarrassed, no, he spelled but he spelled it right. Yeah. Um, okay, word number three. Uh, uh, I should almost give you two words. Okay, uh, word number three, liquefy. <laughs> Fuck you, man. Brian, you're Hell. going first. Okay. Liquify? Yeah. Hold on. I, I need to write this down. <laughs> this one's easy. This is bullshit. It's not easy. <laughs> Fuck you, man. Okay. L I Q U Oh fuck. Liquid E F Y Yeah. Correct, Brian. Oh fuck, I got it? Yep. Holy shit. So James will get a different word than you. Uh <laughs> this is gonna be an easy one probably, but if you get it wrong, I'm gonna laugh. Uh James, spell a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Is this a trick question? Somewhat, yeah. It ask for the definition, James. Pro tip. A space L O T. James gets a point. Very correct. Okay. 
Brian, you're looking at you're looking at me like you would have got that wrong. Would you got it no, wrong? No, but Brian? there's two words. There's one is a lot, a lot, also known as many. The other one is to ration, and a lot would be a l l o t. Well, the one I was saying, uh, I know what he was talking about when he said, "What, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. a lot to do." Yeah. Uh, okay, uh, next one for I guess for back to Brian is. Um... <laughs> <laughs> connoisseur oh fuck you man connoisseur <laughs> give me english man this is english that's english the connoisseur is sort of french it has french origins brian okay c o l e s s e u r that again C-O-N-N-E-S-S-E-U-R. Wrong. James, okay. would you like to take a crack at it? Oh, I should have been spelling this. I knew he wasn't going to get it. Dude, don't spell it. Don't, don't spell it on uh, your phone. Oh, fuck. Uh, I'm not going to get it. C O N N. A wrong. <laughs> it's C O N N O I S S E U R. So you both get zero on that. Okay, last word. So we're tied, right? One one. No, it's no, two, uh, one. it's two one for Brian right now. But he had an easy one, right? I fuck you. You uh, had a lot. <laughs> you had a lot. You had the easier one. Um, <laughs> There's asterisks. Uh, asterisks could be the. Okay, this is uh, last one. It might sound kind of easy. It is supersede. Fuck you. Okay. It's to me? No, uh, yeah, it goes to James, I think. Okay, yeah, you started last time. I feel like I'm missing a letter. You better get this right, James. I feel like I'm, I'm getting it wrong. I think I'm missing a letter. S U P E R S E D E. Say right. that one more time. S U P E R S E D E. Correct, James. James, correct. I would have spelled it wrong. I had a C instead of an S. Uh, okay, I'm gonna find one more word for J- uh, Brian here. Uh, okay, <laughs> last word for Brian. If you don't get this, we go to uh, overtime. Unless I steal it. Unless you steal it, yeah, that's right. Uh, bureaucracy. Oh, fuck. B U R E A U C R A C Y. I say that one more time. B U R E A U C R A C Y. Correct. Brian, you got oh, it correct. Fuck yes. Okay. All right. Brian, I Brian wins for 3 2. He did get two wrong. 
He's only 60%, which is still not great. <laughs> anyway. What would you have got, Jordan? What would you have got? Me? I, well, I can see the words. One out of 100%. five? <laughs> Jordan's a teacher. I'm the, I know I have the, the answers right in front of me, Brian. So uh, I probably would have got them all wrong, to be quite honest. Okay. I know if you could write them down, it, it does help. It does, yes. Yeah, it does help. That. Okay. Uh, that's the end of that segment. Impromptu spelling bee. I can't believe you did that. I can't believe I can't believe you're so offended. Well, I was just kind of offended because you just called me out in the middle of the blue. (laughs) Can't believe you dragged me down into the mud there. James didn't have anything to do with that argument. James is just an innocent bystander in this. And now I lost the spelling bee (laughs) to Brian. All right. Okay. So, uh, dad blog is our next segment. This is a good episode, man. I'm, I'm glad I've recorded this. <laughs> All right. Who wants to go first? I can okay, go, go first. Fuck okay, you go first. You go first. Okay, so uh, so James can attest to what I'm about to say. Jordan, I'm so sorry that you don't have the uh, joy of raising a young young boy. <laughs> and never lost. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, man, I, I'm just going to go back to this. I can't believe boys are so much like they're fucking crazier than girls. I'll tell you that. Like, just, I always thought it was just cause people see what they want to see. Like boys are crazier than girls. Like Kendrick is crazy now, man. The kid's a nut. Like he's, I have to pin him down. Like he, he puts everything in his mouth. He tries to eat shit off the floor. He opens all the cabinets like all the cupboards uh we have compost if i could i was wondering why my wife always put the compost on the on the kitchen like kitchen counter i was like what the hell this goes underneath the sink she puts it up there because k dot will open up he'll open up the cupboard go inside the compost and he'll probably eat it yeah he's he's nuts uh so we we have to co-sleep now because the guy can't sleep, he can't sleep through the night by himself. So sometimes in the middle of the night, he'll hit me in the face. <laughs> just hit me, and like he'll hit people, and you don't, you'll be like, "Hey man, what the fuck?" Like I'll, I'll be like, "Kendrick, what the fuck, man?" And he'll start laughing. He hits you, and he starts laughing. Does he have your laugh? Yeah, sort of. <laughs> he thinks it's funny. Anyway. So today we're we're in the we're in the tub. Uh, you bathe. So here's one thing. Pro tip: Jordan bathe two kids together. Saves you water, saves you time. So Kendrick's in there. He's uh. He had we have this like whale that we use to you know, like pour water on the kids to clean them off. He's grabbing the whale and he's smacking his sister with it. Like he's smacking the shit out of Lydia with it. Lydia's like Kendrick, ah! and he's. Like he just hits her. Like he he'll hit her. Uh, and then I was just like, Kendrick, what the- hey man, stop that. Like I yelled at him. I'm like, I was, I was kind of frustrated. Hey man, stop it. He looks at me, he starts laughing. And then Lydia is just like, Daddy, Kendrick still poops in his pants. He can't understand what you're saying. Like, <laughs> I guess not. Because I always tell her that I was like, hey, yeah, he doesn't speak English. He's, she's like, Kendrick doesn't doesn't talk. He, he still poops his pants. You, Daddy, don't yell at him. It's just like, all right, I won't yell at him. But yeah, so so two things. My son's crazy. 
uh, very energetic. And my daughter, like, she'll say anything I say. She just repeats all the shit I say. I call Kendrick, I call him the Ninja K-Dot. I'll say it like a song. I'll be like, the Ninja K-Dot. And then Lydia will be like, call him the Ninja K-Dot. And uh, yeah. Anyway, that's my dad vlog for the week. Nice. James, you go next. Did I, I was, I, you might've seen me looking at my phone. I was looking at my phone when Brian was spelling um, maneuver and it was, it wasn't look up maneuver. It was to figure out what the date I was on last. Cause I couldn't remember if this was my um, dad blog story or not. And still unclear. <laughs> so you tell us, I'll let you know. <laughs> but did I, uh, did I, t- did I tell you like a potty training story? I don't remember. remember. Ooh, I don't recall. It's That's all blended into one day. Do you remember? Good enough. Because we're the only three listeners. <laughs> <laughs> so I, uh, so we were potty training and we did like in a pretty aggressive approach because I had um, four days off over Easter. So we did like, uh, we've read a book or Christina read a book and then we took his pants and underwear off for the weekend. So he's just commando for the weekend. And uh, it works. It is, it is tough. Like I, it's, it's tough on him, but I think it's tough, tougher on the parents. Cause we're like, he got used to being naked. I think during the first day at some point where we are just like so much like toddler nakedness and so much pee and like so many accidents and then, uh, but by the end of the weekend, he was like kind of potty trained. But anyway, during this time, uh, and it's still to this day, this was like a month ago, but still to this day, he's very, um, he's good with peas. Like he'll walk over to the potty and go himself. He'll pull his pants down and go. He does a lot of stuff for attention where he'll like go to the potty. He's going to have to go to the potty. And then, you know, he actually has to go, but he's still in that area where he can hold it a bit. So he plays like a game. Yeah. We're getting to the point where we're just like, I'm not playing the game. Like you don't like peeing in your pants. So I don't need to play this game. (laughs) So if you don't want there to be pee in your pants, just go. Like, I'm not going to go back and forth with you or read 50 stories to you while you hold it. Um, but he is still pretty scared of pooping. Why? I think one of the reasons is because he holds it for so long. I don't think it feels very good. Uh, <laughs> it's like a brick coming up. So, like, oh! <laughs> like it just so to put that in perspective, like he had a poop today, but he hadn't pooped for three days. Where prior to potty training, he was like at least a twice a day pooper. Wow. So he's holding it, right? And he knows how to hold it. And he's learning about like that. It's hard to teach a kid to poop because like you can't, the sensation will go away, right? Mm-hmm. You let a little bit out <laughs> and it goes away, right? And that's basically what he does is like it's coming out, but then he kind of like cuts it off a little bit. And if it kind of stays in there, he doesn't have to go anymore. But he's just walking around with a shitty ass. And uh, he doesn't have to go poop anymore, possibly for another 24 hours. <laughs> and uh, so we, uh, anyway, this is all just preamble to the actual story, by the way. So at the beginning, he was holding on to his like poops and, but learning about control and like had less control than he does now. And it had been a couple days and uh, he really likes taking showers. Like 
I try, I think I'm going to go in the shower by myself and I go upstairs. And then as I'm disrobing, all of a sudden there's this toddler behind me with a smile on his face. <laughs> shower daddy. <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah. And then, so uh, he comes in with me. You probably yeah. used to do that. You probably used to do that to your wife. <laughs> now he's doing yeah. it to you. <laughs> <laughs> That's why he's here. Yeah. <laughs> He's a, we have two shower heads, so it's not that big of a deal, but he takes like the good one and you see him there and he likes to like stand under the rain shower head and he closes his eyes and it's just like, that's the one that I want. And it's just like, you just stare at him he's underneath the shower head. But anyway, the shower relaxes him. So like he was holding a couple of days worth of poop near the beginning. <laughs> and this kid, and I had, and, and, uh, and so, oh, shit. And I was still learning because like, I didn't know that I didn't know what happened. I wasn't even thinking, right. I was like, I'm taking a shower. We've lost all the opportunities for pooping. And he starts saying he's got to poop. And I was like, Oh, great. You're telling me. So I put him on the, like the big potty. Cause that's the closest one I have. I don't have any of his little potties around. Cause I'm weird. Like in our bathroom, put him on the big one. He's freaking out. Cause he probably thinks he's going to fall in or something. Probably he'd never been on one before. And uh, so he's still not going. So then I carry this wet kid. So we're naked running through the hallway upstairs into his room. I put him on his potty and then he's just like, and it's just like the whole, like, it's just a massive, there's water everywhere and we're freezing. And then he's like, no, I don't have to go. Fuck you kid. All right. But then I took his potty and when I put it, I brought it into the shower, which I do every time now, but I brought it into the shower and, uh, <laughs> We go in the shower and he sits down in the shower. Like we're taking a shower, 20 seconds go by. He sits down and he pees. In oh. It. And then I was like, do I tell him that like, maybe he could have just, he didn't have to use the potty or whatever. Like, it's like, <laughs> all right, like, no, no, we're, we're focusing on the potty. And so I was like, oh, really great. So then I leave, I empty the potty into the big potty. I come back and he's still in there. He's like hanging out under the, the shower. He's got some like bones and he's doing a lot of squats. Because like he peep drops his toys that he has in there. And then he's like, now he's starting to talk about pooping again. I was like, no problem. You are two feet from your, like your potty is right there. <laughs> but, like, I put him on the potty and he's sitting there. He's like, no, I don't have to go. Oh, gets up. And then I close my eyes and I'm like shampooing. And then all of a sudden I just hear this like screech and cry and then I open my, I like rub my eyes, I open them, and he is standing next to his potty with like two giant shit locks <laughs> on the ground with water drenching them as like who water is like drenching my feet. And he's screaming. And I was like, this is absolute failure. But anyway, that's my, uh, <laughs> uh, that's hilarious. My adventures in potty training. Oh man! Actually, I thought, yeah, I knew that was gonna happen. I was just like, "This is this story. I know where this is going." Yeah. Yes. Good trick, though. Like, if you want your kid to like, if he's if he's a little bit bunged up in your potty training, or he or she, and take him in the shower. No, Lydia's good. Take Lydia's good. Off it, they get that warm water, loosens them up. No, Lydia is uh She's got a thing. She she was just she, all of a sudden she's she's acting like an asshole for a little bit, and also she's just like, "Daddy, I gotta go poo." And she goes and she sits on her potty and she like, like bends over and sits back up and then it's over. She has a whole routine. It's great. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah, my story is very similar. It's a potty training story where uh, we've been doing it for around Monroe's second birthday. We started potty training here. Uh, and it actually went uh, there was a few up and down, of course, but it went pretty good. So she asked all the time if she has to go pee or poo, whatever. She does it all. Uh, and pretty consistently now we're like, we barely ever worry about the only time she ever wears a diaper is like at night now because she still like doesn't get the concept of like like waking up when she has to pee uh, or her naps. Uh, but two things. A, uh, at first, like James, she was like, <laughs> she'd poo like, she'd pee all the time, but she'd poo like once every like four days. Oh, like, oh, what is this? Now she's going like one, two times a day. We're like, oh, this is sweet. But she'll call me and she'll be like, daddy. Oh, we, like I got her to say, like, call them poo nuggets. She's like, I got poo nuggets. So she, I go there and she's like, oh, you pooed? I was like, she's like, yeah. She's like, but I got one more coming. <laughs> but she wants me to empty the toilet until the, for the next one, right? Oh, really? So she's like, ah, she just holds it until I empty the toilet, put it back down. She's like, okay, she sits back down. And she always reading a book on there. So like, she'll be in there for sometimes like 20 minutes to half an hour. You're just like, what's going on in there? And then uh, she'll like, if you like walk in and you ask her, hey, you done? She's like, nope. As you walk away, she'll close the door. <laughs> I'm like, oh, man. Uh, but the reason why I bring it up is because uh, my wife was telling me her good friend, Jonna, <laughs> their kid, Waylon, uh, I guess is quite defiant these days. <laughs> so I guess every day this week during his nap and or bedtime, he's literally stood up, dropped his pull-ups and just pissed in his bed. <laughs> <laughs> so he's doing it. Oh, he knows what he's doing. Like, he, yeah, he purposely just like, <laughs> I'm gonna piss into my bed and make you clean it up. So, shout out to her, and hopefully she <laughs> good luck. Gets, gets through a situation she's going through. God damn. Yeah. So that's my uh, dad blog for the week. Uh, yeah. <laughs> All right. Body training's funny. Mm-hmm. Kids of poo bad. It's pretty funny. All right, uh, let's finish up last last segment of the of the day uh, is our beer review. So I'll go first. Six point eight percent. I'm not gonna do this anymore because uh, the Trailhopper IPA very good. Out of five, this gets a three. No, this gets a four point one. Uh. I should drink this too quickly. That's all I have to say. Okay. It's a good beer. Uh, Trail Hover. For all mountain bikers out there. <laughs> all the wannabes. Uh, I'm, I'm, I drank the Alley Cat Main Squeeze Grapefruit Ale. And like Brian said, it. it was quite good. I really enjoyed it. I'd have it again. I feel I could have a lot of these, actually. I went down quite quick. Uh, so I would give it 7.5. What? What's higher on my scale? Most things. Yeah, get it is. I was expecting something in the eights. No, 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 no. <laughs> Come on. No, seven point five for the main squeeze. The B plus. It's B plus. Good job. Shame. I have my megawatt NEPA from uh, Town Square, <laughs> and I don't recall what I what I rated it last time. Uh, we could just check the tape. But I, I do want to go back to see the comparison. But this is this that's interesting about this beer is it is not my favorite beer, but it is one of the only beers I currently drink because of the flat, because it's my favorite brewery. Gotcha. Uh, but uh, I'm gonna give it a but it's still it is still top three beer for me. 
So I give you, I give it a uh, 8.7. Oh, wow. It's up there. Good. It's like my Dino Sour. Yeah, the Dino Sours are good. Okay. Good beer review. All right. Well, there's another. I think we're done. That's yeah. our, another exciting podcast. Way longer than I thought this would be. I think yeah. this is a. It's close to two hours, I think. We're gonna hit, but, but whatever. Time flies when you're having fun. A lot of hot top. A lot of hot topics. Yeah. We didn't even get to the bench, the weight bench. Oh, yeah. That was news. Uh, Jordan, tell, tell everybody what happened this week. I, for the first time, I've hit 245 pounds for my five by fives for benching. And the reason why I even bring it up because I know Brian's a big bencher or was. And so uh, you do five sets of five? Five sets of five for 245. He has a slingshot though. That's like PE. Uh, oh yeah. Bench. Yeah. I would say I was using a slingshot, which saves my shoulders. Cause I have, my shoulders are getting really bad. Uh, but it is a bit of an assist. I don't know if you've uh, used or seen one, but I've seen uh, one. It's I definitely do. an assist. Mark Bell. Oh yeah. Uh, it is an assist. Yeah. Uh, you, the way you can actually tell it's a super assist is during the bench. You don't notice it as much, but if you ever do a push up in it, it's like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like nothing. It's like, how much was it? Oh, I bought the Amazon one. It was like 20 bucks. Oh, sweet. Okay. Uh, I didn't buy the actual slingshot, but uh, but yeah, it, I, I, I mainly got it just to save my shoulders because like I could barely even do push-ups with like, I think now because my shoulders are so fucked. So it's a shirt? It's a shirt, right? No, it's like a, a band that go over each arm and there's like, it comes across your chest. Okay. And basically it doesn't allow you to go too far down to wreck your shoulders and it keeps you uh, pretty tight. Yeah. So, and I think, if, yeah, exactly. That's right. They say it's, uh, I don't use it for anything over uh, the slingshot. I won't use for anything over, uh, under 200 pounds. Though. So like all my warm-up sets I do without a slingshot or any like ink, like dumbbell pressing I'll do without a nice. shot. But I, I only reason why I bring it up because I, I remember Brian tripping me a little bit back for bench pressing. So No, I didn't trip you. you I was very impressed. I was very impressed. Only wish I could do that. All right, it's another episode. We actually did have some emails. Really? We'll uh, save them for next episode. We'll save them for next episode. This was a long one. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you're still listening to this, give us a review on iTunes, five stars. Subscribe. Tell your friends about this. Just like we're slowly telling our friends about this. And uh, thanks for thanks for listening. Have a good week. Good night. Good day. Whatever. Good night. Bye.